Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Informed Catholic Podcast. My name is Ned Jabbar. So let's open up with a prayer, please. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. The Apostles' Creed, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who, by the Holy Ghost, was conceived, born of the Virgin Mary, raised, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he arose again from the dead, and he ascended unto heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, Guardian of the Church, pray for us. And St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. So we're going to read from the passage of the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 14, starting from verse 32. Jesus prays in Gethsemane. And they went to a place which was called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John, and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible to thee. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to, to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise. Let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, um, I have several things. Um, well, actually, we're going to focus on this news about the uh, this Franciscan Sisters of Perpetual Adoration. Um, we're going to talk about their history. And they decided to change their mission. Uh, they decided that they're going to focus less on adoration prayer. And they're going to cut back, um, focus on more social justice, not pray for the world, not pray for conversion of souls so much. They're going to adopt themselves to modern times. And um, they're going to, uh, well, that's exactly what I just said. They're going to focus on social justice. And 
it actually boggles me because that is exactly what their mission is. Their name, Franciscan Sisters of the Perpetual Adoration. And they, um, they feel that their mission has changed. They go back to, um, actually, this particular one is established in La Crosse, Wisconsin, in the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin. Uh, the Franciscan Sister Perpetual Adoration founded uh, Vedir Vedrobo University and staffed Aquinas High School in La Crosse. The congregation traces its roots back to 1849. So... Um, in March 13, 1849, six women and five men lay people along with Father Francis Anthony Kepler and his assistant, Father Matthias Steiger, of the parish of Our Lady of the Assumption in Edebaran, Bavaria, set sail for America with 11 third-order secular Franciscans to assist Bishop J. Martin Heine, in the newly organized diocese of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Arriving at the diocese on May 18, 1849, the six women in the group, with Mother Emiliana Durr as their leader, committed themselves to founding a religious community to spread the gospel among German immigrants, especially through educating children, caring for the disadvantaged, and when possible, establishing perpetual adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. If any of you are not familiar with this, who are not Catholic, uh, perpetual adoration, to pray before the monstrance um, of the, uh, the Blessed Sacrament, the presence of the body and blood, soul divinity of our Lord, enthroned in the monstrance. You can look it up online if you're not familiar. And you would pray before the Blessed Sacrament. It's a very beautiful thing. You're entering into the presence of our Lord. Um, well, this is the part we're going to get to a little later. Now, uh, I don't think I should go further into this history, but the point is this is the purpose of their mission. Uh, we have a new article. Now, they decided to change their mission. Why? Well, they want to focus on social justice and <laughs> like they weren't already doing social justice. They were caring for the poor. They were feeding the hungry. They were educating. I mean, I don't know if you don't call that social justice, then what is? Now, new article, La Crosse Tribune, written by a staff member, January 27th, 2020. Franciscan Sisters Perpetual Adoration to Discontinue Perpetual Prayer. I guess they, feel, uh, they must feel very proud. For nearly a century and a half, for every hour of every day, 24-7, members of the Franciscan Sisters of Perpetual Adoration have said prayers in their chapel in La Crosse. Next month, all that will change. The sisters have announced that a after a dozen years of study and reflection, they will begin to cut back their prayer ritual to 6 a.m. and to 10 p.m. daily. Okay? Um, 
certain people who remained uh, devoted to this spirit of, of long-standing tradition. Our thoughtful study over the years has included a growing understanding of modern way to live and an adoration through our prayer lives and actions. No matter what, no matter we are, no matter what we are, the President Eileen McKenzie said, our congregation uh, will keep the name Franciscan Sisters of Perpetual Adoration. Um, they had discussions with the Vatican. Um, they're going to review their constitution. The name will not change due to the longevity of the tradition. In other words, they want to keep the image. But for the past 12 years, the sisters have invited partners to join them in prayer, and that practice will be expanded. i be honest with you, I think they got bored. I think they're just now a bunch of old women. I think it's just now a senior citizen retirement center. I saw the news report on YouTube. They don't dress like nuns anymore. They don't have the habit. They look like just a bunch of old ladies with the same haircut. And I think they just got bored. I think the spirit of Vatican II destroyed them. Um, I th their numbers are dwindling. They're just tired old people uh, who have lost their uh, the romance. Uh, it's funny. Um, there was a uh, a Netflix Dracula. Uh, the nun. Uh, they changed uh, Van Helsing into a nun, and she just simply described her relationship with Christ, with God, as uh, a marriage of convenience. You know, where I just simply have to keep up appearances so I can keep a roof over my head and food food in my belly. And I think that's the way it is with a lot of them. A lot of these guys, these folks, these hippie old folks from that generation of Vatican II destroyed their faith. I think they ruined it. They 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 simply desperately wanted to catch up with the world. I mean, some of them even just brought a TV in. They don't spend their... I've heard this over and over again. They brought a TV in. They watched the news. They, um, they watched game shows. Uh, it's become nothing but a retirement center. You know, they lost their, their mission. The whole purpose is adoration. I just read to you the passage from Mark's gospel. Stay up and pray. Pray that you do not fall into temptation. And it's true. If you pray and pray diligently, you know, keep up the habit. You got to make a habitual prayer. Certain things you do, you want to, you know, it's true. It's the same thing with anything in life. Um, you know, you, in order to get healthy, you got to eat and exercise. Not all of us are good at it. Um, I'm guilty of it myself, but you got to change certain habits. Human beings are creatures of habit. Prayer is a habit, but you also... Uh, one important things for us as Christians, you have to look for deeper meaning in that prayer, and that's the beautiful thing. As Catholics, we have the Psalms, we have the the Liturgy of the Hours. Every day, it's not the same Psalm you read. It's you know, it's a different Psalm with greater depth and greater meaning. Some Psalms, you know, will bring you out. Not every prayer is going to be successful. Not every prayer is going to be perfect. Not every day are you going to be perfect. But something happened with 
these nuns. And I think what happened was is that modernism crept in and took away the passion. And that is a sad fact. And this is something that I think happened with many orders. Um, the romance of their relationship with Christ disappeared. And if you look at them, many of them just look tired, worn out. And they forgot what their, you know, what their lives, what, what the purpose of their mission was. So uh, I'm going to pull, pull up another article. So uh, I'll be back. A cardinal close to Pope Francis tells Catholics to take a hike and go be pro become Protestants. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's funny. Um this is by church militant Jules Gomes. Uh, I'm going to pronounce this guy's name wrong, this cardinal. Uh, Giletro Bassetti outbursts hints at Francis' concern with new Catholic media. Actually, this is going to be very interesting. Uh, Paraguay, Italy. I'm sorry, folks, those of you who are Italian. Uh, if I'm pronouncing this wrong, Italy's chief archbishop lashed out at critics of Pope Francis on the feast of St. Francis de Sales, asking them to make other choices and become Protestants if they, are, if they are unhappy with the policies of the present pontiff. Our Protestant brethren have neither the Pope nor the bishop. Everyone makes his own choices. I told someone they could make the choice of becoming Protestant if you don't like the Catholic Church. If this boat is too narrow, Cardinal uh, Giletro Massetti, president of the Episcopal Conference of Italy, he told journalists in, in uh, Paraguay on Saturday at a press conference, making the feast of the patron saint, marking the feast of the patron saint of, of journalism, Francis de Sales. Are you not comfortable with the current pontiff? If someone does not like this pope, say it, say it. Because if he is free to choose, he is free to choose other ways. Bassetti told the Italian Catholic Press Union, lashing out at a journalist unfavorable to the current papal regime. The cardinal then apologized for his outburst, too late, but instead that everyone's goal must be to seek answers for the good of the church and humanity. I really hate those kind of responses. It is so ambiguous, so flowery, so out there, um, so insincere. It's so phony. For, must, make, must seek answers for the good of the church and humanity. It's, you know... It just sounds so artificial. Criticism is fine, but this destructive criticism is not. The prelate added, observing that there are too many people speaking against the Pope. Journalist and deacon Nick Donnelly told Church Militant that, that for a prince of the church to tell Catholic journalists critical of Francis to consider leaving the church was a new low for the Bergoglian pontificate a new low for the Bregolian pontificate wow i have to say that the this is because it's showing that there's a crack now and 
honestly, I think this is because, is as Fulton Sheen says, that it is the lay people that will save the church. It is lay folk, loyal and faithful to the church. Um, there's going to be another article I'm going to do in another episode. I don't want to do it for here because I want to focus on it a little bit more. It's going to be from a church historian uh, who is actually from Yale. And he actually uh, says that Pope Francis is skating on thin ice. This actually, I think, uh, is going to be very interesting because it's going to remind, it, it actually brings up why I think that article is so important because it's 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 deeply important because for us Catholics who are scandalized by everything that's happening, uh, we have to understand the church is established by Jesus Christ. And this Pope actually, in, in the view of history, his behavior is nothing compared to what happened in the past. And what's happening now with all these cardinals, with their revolutionary ideas and their focus on social justice is really nothing new. It's nothing new. There's always been unfaithful men in the church. Um, reading Dr. Taylor Marshall in his book, there's an interesting scene, uh, um, little scene he brings up from the time of Napoleon Bonaparte. Napoleon walks in and uh, I guess there's a meeting or some kind of dinner or some kind of uh, uh, discussion going around and there was a, a famous cardinal, a French cardinal, and for some reason, Napoleon, I guess, just wanted to, I guess, to show how tough he is, says to the cardinal, you know, your grace, I have the power to destroy your church. And the cardinal responds back, do you? Well, you know, us men, us priests and clerics in the church have been trying to destroy the church for almost 1700 years. And... We've had no success and we failed. If you think you can do it, good luck, because you're going to fail too. A lot of people would have been shocked hearing a priest say that, even today. But you got to listen from a Catholic perspective and from a perspective of history and the perspective of divine providence that what he's saying is, is that the church survives internal and external attacks. Napoleon is just a, one of many emperors and one of many men of power who have tried to destroy the church and failed. In by, through the perspective of history, Christianity should not have survived. The church should not have survived, but it did survive. Now, many people will talk about the corruption, the wealth of the church, the scandals within the church, the popes and their bad behaviors, uh, the priests and all the clerics and their bad behaviors. By all means, this institution should never have survived. Right from the outgo, it, it, one could say it looks like it's it's ready set up for failure. Who did Jesus pick? He didn't he didn't pick smart, intelligent men, fishermen. Men with very little education or no education whatsoever. And yet the church flourished. The church was established. I mean, even 
someone like St. Paul, more highly educated than all the other apostles, somehow survived. The church survived. Even after him, with all the persecution and constant attack, with the competition of all the pagans, the pagan religions, the church remarkably, magnificently survived. And I honestly believe with all the unfaithfulness, which is the sisters of perpetual adoration showing, they are abandoning our Lord, just like the apostles fell asleep on him in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then you have this particular guy telling Catholics to go take a hike and become Protestant, right? This particular cardinal here, it's, it's obvious the church is going to survive. But we're going to survive... Francis. We're going to survive Bergoglio. We're going to survive the next Pope. We're going to survive. The church is not going to bend its knee in externally or internally to these men because the church was established by the Son of God. What our duty is as Catholics is that we have to pray, pray and remain faithful to the teachings of the church. Don't worry about these guys. These guys are going to come and go. I used to get frustrated about them. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, it is frustrating. It's very painful. And I think I wouldn't be someone who's in love with Christ and his church if this didn't frustrate me. So um, don't let it bother you. This, you know, it's unfortunate. And, you know, I mean, I'm looking at this and I, I would like to read more, but honestly, it's it's so stupid because hearing what this cardinal says, I don't think it's worth it. So I'm not going to bother. But I do want to go into the um, next episode, um, episode six, uh, with the um, the historian, because I think it's more important. So I just wanted to get this out of the way, showing you that, you know, don't let these people with their... Um, the old hippies of the past. And uh, Francis is a hippie pope, in my opinion. <laughs> There's even actually a, a video. Uh, you could look it up on YouTube. Uh, Frank, the hippie pope. It's a cartoon made by Lutherans. Um, but anyway, so let's end it with a prayer. And um, we'll meet again soon. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. God bless.